following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, season 16, episode number 44. Welcome to the latest edition of the break. I am Derek Eagleton. I'm joined by Nick Eatman here live in the studio, the SWBC Mortgage Studio. We also got Dave and Amber joining us from home. And because it is Wednesday, we welcome to the show Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Talk a little bit of Cowboys versus Cardinals with us. Today we are going to focus in on Cowboys defense versus the Cardinals offense. And Bucky, as we do every Wednesday, I'm going to start by asking you, what are the greatest strengths and or the greatest strength and the greatest weakness of this Arizona offense? This Arizona offense is explosive. It's dynamic. Uh, They can attack you a bunch of different ways. Their quarterback, who is a Texas high school legend, is as good as advertised. Uh, Kyler Murray is everything that you look for at the position. He's efficient. He's explosive. Um, He does a great job of really testing the defense with his arm and his legs. And he is really kind of coming to his own in his second season, even though the numbers will tell you that he had has had some struggles with the six interceptions. He's completing almost 70% of his passes. He has eight touchdowns, six interceptions, as I spoke about, but he has five touchdowns on the ground. And as he is beginning to really get comfortable in this offense, they added another weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the best wide receiver in football, and they are treating him as such. DeAndre Hopkins leads the league in receiving yards. He's the only player in the National Football League with over 500 receiving yards and 40-plus catches. They are using him beyond just being a chain mover like he was used in Houston. He's taking it deep. He's doing more things on the route tree than we've seen him do. And Cliff Kingsbury really has this offense rolling because they got a couple running backs and Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. The offensive line has been better than expected. And so because of this, this offense can explode. And we really haven't seen them tap into that explosive nature. But they can be a handful. Bucky, last weekend in the game against the Giants, we saw the Dallas uh, defense take an itty bitty, itty tiny bit step forward. (laughs) But when you're talking about the Arizona's offense, is this a game where hopefully the defense is able to take another another itty bitty step forward or kind of go back to what we've been seeing? You know, it's it's, it's interesting because um, the Cowboys – Issues have been against the run and the pass. Last week we saw where the Giants tried to run right at them successfully early in the game. And then the Cowboys were able to kind of get it under control, I would say, and, and, and put the game on Daniel Jones. The Cardinals typically don't operate operate like that. Like they will run it, but they, they're at their best when Kyler Murray is just kind of dealing like a, a Vegas casino dealer. He's just kind of distributing the ball to all the playmakers that they have around him, and it goes. And so... Dallas would be tested in a different way. They'll be tested from a coverage standpoint. One, how does Mike Nolan elect to defend DeAndre Hopkins? Because it has to start with that. If you go one-on-one, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have 150-plus yards, and it's going to be a big day for him. 
And so they have to determine how are they going to take DeAndre Hopkins away. The other thing is, if you take him away, are you willing to live with Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk getting whatever they get in the passing game and just knowing that they may move it, but you will eliminate some of the big plays? And then the counter to that is, how committed to the running game with Cliff Kingsbury be considering what has been on tape the last couple of weeks in terms of the leakage and the running game? Will he hand the ball off to Kenyon Drake and see how many carries um, he can muster? Can he get a 100-yard game on the ground? So the Cowboys' defense will be tested. It'll be tested in a different way, and I'm curious to see what kind of game plan Mike Nolan comes up with. Which... Bucky, that's actually exactly what I wanted to talk about because we're going to talk about Kyler and Hopkins, and that's obviously terrifying. But Kenyon Drake, is he's not really off to an amazing start. I mean, I know he's a talented guy, but he's below four yards of carry. I saw this morning on Twitter that his expected yards per attempt is, is one of the worst in the league right now. Um, and I'm curious... Is it something with him? Is it with their line? Is it because they're not very interested in establishing the run? What exactly is the problem there? And and is it something that they could maybe get right against a Dallas defense that has struggled against the run? Well, this offensive line isn't great. Um, the best thing about Kyler Murray is the way that he is able to mask the deficiencies of the offensive line. Either the ball comes out so quick that the pass rush is a non-factor, or he is able to elude and evade pressure and make plays happen. So the offensive line never looks like they're as bad as they actually are. It shows up in the running game because this is not a physical offensive line. Unlike the Cleveland Browns, um, their DNA is not in trying to push people and mash people off the line of scrimmage and to make it a physical contest in the trenches. And so... From a run game perspective, it's more deception and misdirection and trickery as opposed to, hey, we're going to line up and play smash mouth football. That said, because the Cowboys have struggled on the ground, I think early in the game you will at least see the Cardinals try to test them with the running game. And if the Cowboys stand up early, the running game will probably fall by the wayside. But if they have any issues, you will see a persistent and a steady diet of the run with Kenyon Drake. Uh, Bucky, is, is Kyler good enough where you need to have a spy on him? And if so, who's the spy in this case? Who, who do the Cowboys have at linebacker that, or safety that could be with him? Man, I don't, I don't know. If, man, he is so quick and explosive. I don't know if you really can spy him. You know, it's, it's, it's unique because it reminds me a lot of how Russell Wilson um, runs around and plays. Great. He only uses it when he absolutely needs it. But when he does need it, man, he has another gear to go get it. And I think the Russell Wilson comparison is apt because I think it gives you an idea of the challenges that the Cowboys could face in dealing with Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray typically saves his runs for money downs. Third down when they need it, down in the red zone when they have to have it. He is different than a Lamar Jackson type who is running because that's kind of like the driving force of their game. Kyler uses it when he has it. He'll pull the club out the bag when he needs it, but he is so good at getting down and so good at evading and eluding people. I mean, you could put Thomas on him. You could put Smith. Like, I just don't know who can run with him and stick with him in that sense. I think the best way to kind of come after him is you got to make him stay in the pocket. And as they say in football terms, you got to make him throw from the well, meaning he's a shorter, undersized quarterback. You need to make him throw from the pocket and see if he can find those lanes against the trees inside. Um, so that means your outside edge rushes can rush to the depth of his drop, 
but they don't want to rush past him and give him escape lanes. It is really a challenge of your discipline and your detail as a pass rush, a collective effort to make sure that you keep him contained and make him throw from the pocket. Don't let him leak out and run and make plays away from the pocket. Let's stick with the topic of Kyler Murray. And I, I was looking at some of the games they've played this year. Detroit has actually done the best job of, of slowing Murray down, particularly uh, from when it comes to him running. Uh, they were able to hold him, hold him to 29 rush yards on five attempts. Detroit goes on to win that game 26-23. What did they do in that game that, that allowed them to be successful in that way? Because it does seem like in the games where the Arizona Cardinals have lost, they have controlled Kyler when it comes to him running. Well, you know, like it's, it's funny because the Detroit Lions are typically a, a heavy man-to-man team. They didn't play as much man-to-man against them mm. that week. Uh, when you when you play a lot of man-to-man, your defensive backs and your linebackers have their back to the quarterback, and so if he spots a lane, he can take it and he can go for big plays. Whereas in zone, you have guys who are eyeballing the quarterback. When he does break, they're able to close on him quickly. Uh, the thing about it, I think it was a different. Um, plan than the Cardinals anticipated. Uh, they had dialed up all their man beaters and they're throwing man beaters against zone coverage. And I think it took Cliff Kingsbury a while to adjust. I think you come back the next week, the, the Jets try to do a little more zone and they absolutely obliterated <laughs> the zone. So I think you have to be able to pick your poison on how you're going to come after them. I, I do believe um, with this and Mike Nolan um, and talking to people around Mike Nolan, he is not one who really loves being an aggressive, high-pressure uh, play caller. But I think you have to you have to mix in some of that stuff, not only because it disrupts the rhythm of Kyler, but because the pass rush has been so inconsistent. You're trying to create one-on-one matchups by adding another blitzer. Um, what you do is you now get one-on-ones for Demarcus Lawrence. You get them from Alden Smith, and now you're hoping those guys can win. We saw after Dak Prescott went out. I think Mike Nolan revved up the pressure package a little more because you no longer have the luxury of the offense scoring points, and now the onus is really on the defense to get stops. I think he has to have that same urgency in this game to be able to contain this offense. Bucky, I want to go back to to the offensive line and the defensive line matchup there. With the Cowboys losing uh, defensive tackle Tristan Hill, is are you expecting there to be a big drop off between the guys who they have uh, right now and they can plug in? I, I, basically, what I'm trying to ask is: this a game where Tristan Hill's absence is going to be really reflected on the field, or is this a game where the Cowboys can just figure it out based on the fact that they're facing an offensive line that is not as great? Well, I mean, I think they have to figure it out uh, regardless of the team that they're facing. Then they're lucky because they don't have a, a, a dominant offensive line in front of them, meaning they don't have maulers and mashers at the point of attack. They really want to move bodies off the ball. Uh, this is an interesting unit from the Cowboys because Christian Hill, like say what you want to say about like the dirty play and the penalties and some of the other stuff, he was giving great effort and he was playing hard. He, his play certainly surpasses what the Cowboys have been getting from Dontari Poe. And so... Now you're, you're, you're digging deep and you need to figure out Neville Gallimore, who, who else can come in and give contributions and, and try and make an impact on the inside. But really, I think the guy who has to have the spotlight on him is you expect it more from Don Terry Poe on the inside, particularly as a run stuffer. He has to take his game up a notch because they're going to need all hands on deck to be able to get this thing done with this defense. 
Am I a hater if I don't like I, I struggle to see a way that the Cowboys can really limit DeAndre Hopkins. Like it's easy to say double him, but with the with the miscommunication problems we've seen between the corners and the safeties in this defense, I mean, are you really are you really accomplishing that much even if you do double him? And I'm I'm looking at the stats and I see Carolina held him to seven catches for 41 yards, but I I just I basically don't think that the Cowboys can pull that off. Am I wrong? I mean, they can pull it off. Like So without going too deep in the weeds in terms of the scheme, Mike Nolan wants to play a quarters defense, meaning you split the field uh, quarter, quarter, quarter with the corners, the safeties, and they kind of split it that way. There's some matchup man-to-man principles in that. Um, the cousin of quarters is what they call quarter, quarter, half, meaning on the field side, the wide side of the field, they're playing quarters. Into the boundary, they're playing almost like they're playing cover two. So in that defense, what you can do is you can play man-to-man on DeAndre Hopkins with a safety over top and play zone on the other side. Now, I would like to think that Mike Nolan has that in his bag because typically when you put in quarters, you put in cover two, and then that gives you the ability to play cover six or cover eight, however you want to call it. So I would think that that is in their bag. It's just a matter of does he trust his young guys to be able to play a combination defense to take away DeAndre Hopkins. The thing that you worry about, typically from a defensive standpoint, you don't want the stars to beat you. You don't want DeAndre Hopkins to single-handedly have a 200-yard day to beat you. So if you can eliminate him or just neutralize him and make them go somewhere else, you can live with a loss if someone else beats you. But it is insanity if you're going to allow DeAndre Hopkins to go one-on-one with Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown and expect those guys to hold up without help. I, I just don't, I think that's a flawed strategy if that's the one that Mike Nolan employs. Would you rather have an the best receiver in the league with a Hall of Famer who doesn't have it anymore and a dynamic, I guess, slot guy, punt returner, or three A-minus receivers on the other side? I mean, what would you rather have, Cardinals or Cowboys receiving? Oh, I'm a, well, I'm, I'm going to take, take, take the three A's, but the problem is, like, it doesn't come with the automatic quarterback in the package. Like with the toy bot, like you don't get the quarterback with it. And so if you told me that I was going to get an A-level quarterback with the three A's, I would take it. The only thing that I will say in, in comparing the group, DeAndre Hopkins' highs exceed what the Cowboys' A's have shown to this point. Amari Cooper has had some moments, but DeAndre Hopkins for the last three or four years has been in the conversation for being number one in the league at that position. And I am not necessarily the biggest DeAndre Hopkins fans because when I watched him in Houston, I thought he was more of a possession receiver. He didn't really create separation. But after a while, when you see tape after tape or tape where he is coming down with these acrobatic catches and these 50-50 balls, you have to give him his due. He typically is not a great run-after-catch guy, but he does have some dominant stuff. But I think this is a very compelling matchup when it comes to what kind of wide receiver core would you want? Do you want three guys that can take turns dominating, or do you want a guy that you know is kind of like an, a LeBron James, where I know he's going to get me a triple-double, and I know I can count on that each and every week? Well, you say that he's not a great run-after-catch guy. I think, Dave, you, you and I both remember him spinning <laughs> through the Cowboys I, there. And I was going to say, on his way to a win. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as – Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Dave. The overtime game because it was some of the best yak I can remember. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, no, and, and and when I say yeah, when I say that about his his jack yards, he's really kind of a herky jerky runner playmaker yeah. with the ball in his hands. Like unlike like when Dez Bryant was in Dallas, Dez was like a physical specimen that just kind of ran through arm tackles or whatever. DeAndre Hopkins isn't that, so I guess he's kind of sneaky with the rock in his hands. Maybe that's why I don't give him that added love or whatever. But he's definitely one of the top two or three receivers in the game. Well, Derek, you and I kind of looked at each other. We probably have the same question here about um, when you said that he doesn't have the A-level quarterback anymore, the, the Cowboys don't. What is the grade on their quarterback? That's exactly where I was going. Give me, <laughs> if, the, give me the scout report talk about when you're talking red, about going from – Yeah, let's talk about the red rifle. Yeah. Talking about which one, the red rifle? Dalton, when we talk yeah. about Andy Dalton or yeah. Calum Murray? Dalton. Dalton. Okay, so so here Jason here's the Garrett, thing. <laughs> here's the thing with here's the thing with Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton is able to play on script and on rhythm, he can play at a B plus A minus level. Meaning that if he is able to play catch, rock, and throw football where he is not under duress and he is able to just like get the ball out, he's terrific. If he is under pressure or if he is forced to improvise, that's when his game falls off. In Cincinnati, when they had that fortress of an offensive line and they were playing at their best and they had Whitworth and Andre Smith and those guys, Andy Dalton was a three-time pro bowler. As they began to lose some of that up front, his game declined. But make no mistake, Andy Dalton could, back last year, should have been the starter for Cincinnati the entire time, and he certainly can start and play well. The thing will be, and I'm hoping that Kellen Moore has now thought about his comments. He was like, oh, I don't think we need to tweak our offense. We can just play as is. And talking to people, and I got this directly from Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson had told me when Andy Dalton was drafted out of TCU, the reason they took Giovanni Bernard over Eddie Lacy at running back is because Andy Dalton is a shotgun spread quarterback. If you ask Andy Dalton to go up under center to turn his back to the defense, he doesn't do that as well because he has always played in shotgun and always done those things. It's not a coincidence on Sunday when he had the muffed botch snapped. He can do it, but he's not at his best doing that. Hmm. So how much will the Cowboys live in the shotgun because that is what Andy Dalton has done? And can they get the running game with Zeke out of the shotgun as opposed to in the eye running traditional downhill sets? I think that is the thing to look for. If they go 75 80% shotgun, Andy Dalton should be at his best. But now it's on that offensive line to make sure they can protect him enough where he can get the ball out within his first and second read. You don't want him running around. Man, really, really great information. Real quick before we let you go, I did have one other question for you. We talked a lot about, or you talked a lot about, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Based on what you've seen from this Dallas defense through five games, who do you suspect will be a bigger problem for them? Kyler Murray, particularly Kyler Murray running, or DeAndre Hopkins down the field? Kyler Murray is the bigger problem. Kyler Murray is the bigger problem because you can call the perfect defense where everybody's covered up, and then he can take off and do those things. And this will be when we have an opportunity to see if the effort changes because Kyler Murray is going to force the Cowboys to play longer downs. So will Alden Smith and Marcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin, will they chase and give a seven eight second effort if he's running around and can they do it when the Cardinals elect to go up tempo and they keep that front four on the field for five six seven plays in a row Mm. because based on the way you've seen the effort I would think Kingsbury will turn up 
the, the tempo a little bit to see if he can tire them out and see will they continue to pursue and push or will they kind of gas out and become fatigued. So this will really be um, an opportunity to f- see how far this defense has grown from the Cleveland game in terms of their effort and energy expenditure. All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you joining us. Really great information. We'll see you again tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about this Arizona team, but we'll talk about the Arizona defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll keep dicing this up, talking Cowboys uh, offense. I'm sorry, Cowboys defense versus the Arizona offense. We'll bet when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. To the break. Tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can run on the field, see the locker room, so much more. AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek are available daily. Visit attstadium.com for details. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We finished our segment with Bucky Brooks. Now i got some questions for you guys talking about the Cowboys' defense and how it matches up with this Arizona offense. Right now, Arizona is ranked sixth in the NFL in rushing offense, putting up 705 yards per game. I mean, 705 yards total, 141 yards per game on the ground. Do you think Dallas has solved their issue stopping the run after holding the Giants to only 89 yards rushing, or was that just a function of playing the Giants? Nick, let's start with you. Well, I just I, I think those stats are skewed. I mean, what the Giants were doing and what teams typically do to run the ball, what the Browns certainly did, is not what's getting 700 yards rushing for the Cardinals. I think I bet you half of those rushing yards are, are designed passes. Um, 
maybe not that many, but but I do, I do know that a lot of those yards are Kyler Murray. He's up there in the leaders of rushing. He is. Right? He is right now. Kenyon Drake leads them with 314. He has 296, so not very far behind. And he's done it on yeah uh, half the almost half the attempts. So I I, I don't. I mean, you could say yeah they. They could be the best run defense in the league, but he's going to present a different challenge. So I, I, it's hard to kind of say that they've figured it out. I think that the Cardinals won't hurt him that bad running between the tackles, but he will be the one that hurts him. Amber. Well, to be honest, I have zero trust in the Dallas Cowboys uh, running defense. I, I don't trust them at all. The game against the Giants, I mean, it, it's hard to kind of get excited about anything about that game just because you were playing against the Giants. And the Cardinals are not them. you know, I think they're a better team than the Giants for sure, but it's not like they've been having a great season either. So I, I hope that it's not a game where the running game is going to absolutely kill the defense, but I just I, right now I, I don't trust the Cowboys defense to stop the run. Dave, I'm, I meant to bring this up to Bucky. I mentioned like Kenyon Drake, he's he's not playing all that well for being like their number one back and the guy that they traded for from Miami. But I do wonder if they turn toward Chase Edmonds a little bit more in this game because he seems to be having much more production when he is getting the touches. He hasn't gotten a whole lot of them to this point in the season. Maybe this is a week where they try that out. But overall, I do agree with Nick. I'm I'm just I'm terrified of Kyler Murray. And I think I said I said the week of the Seattle game that you gotta you gotta put pressure on on Russ because you can't let him sit back there because if you do he'll pick you apart and he can also break out. I like what Bucky said a lot. I mean, no disrespect to Kyler Murray. I'll take my chances that he can't hang in there and make plays from the pocket at this stage in his career. Like one day he will probably be able to do that, but he's still just a second year player early in his second season. I would do everything in my power to keep him in the pocket, even if it means uh, not pressuring him, because I think you, you set yourself up to lose this game if you give him 60, 70, 80 easy rushing yards. The one thing I'm a little bit concerned about with that, though, is mm-hmm. it, it's kind of similar to what you see when you see guys playing when, when they play that, that two-gap scheme. When you're kind of waiting and kind of seeing where he's going to go, I think for a guy like him that's that dynamic and that quick and that elusive, if you're waiting, he's gone. Like you, If you're not coming at him and forcing the, the issue, then I think he's gone. I think he'll still find his way, even if you can manage to just kind of keep him kind of in front of him and you're just kind of playing around there, just making sure he doesn't get away. I, I think that actually could work against you with a guy that's as elusive as he is. Yeah, and, and the scary part about that is, I mean, Lockett and Metcalf, those guys are, those are good receivers, but they're not as good as the Cardinal guys. And so when, when you sit back like that and kind of let him – find a receiver i mean it, hopkins doesn't need a lot of time to get open and <laughs> fitzgerald true. and uh christian kirk i mean i don't know like that, that that's scary because it's like what, what do you do you just go at him and let him just run all over you or you just let him sit back there and and one of those guys will get open i mean it's it's going to be a cat and mouse game for sure now let's go to the uh it ahead. is a true Oh, go ahead, Dave. It's, I mean, it's a pick your poison i'm not saying there's one option that sounds that that's definitely going to work but between his size and his inexperience making reads at the NFL level, 
I'd rather ask him to do that than risk, yeah. you know, going after him, missing out, and now half the field is open for him to run. I just I think that's a recipe for disaster. And it's you're totally right. If you hang back there and don't try too hard to pressure him, somebody will be open. But maybe you can clog those throwing lanes or. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I agree with you that, that it's a pick your poison because I don't think there's a great answer here either way. <laughs> but, but you know, and maybe, and maybe that's the answer is that they'll have to do a lot of different things. They'll do that a little bit, and other times that they'll, they'll try to pressure him a little bit, blitz a little bit, as Bucky was saying. I think you've got to try to keep him off guard more than anything else and not let him know or get comfortable with what, what's going to be coming his way. But speaking about these receivers, um, the vast majority of their receiving yards, obviously, are going to Hopkins. He has 528 receiving yards. The next closest guy is Christian Kirk at 154. Uh, and let's not forget they've got the, the great one, Larry Fitzgerald, over there as well. Mm-hmm. That all being said, um, do you think the Cowboys are capable, and this question was asked to Bucky, I want you guys to answer it, are they capable of stopping a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who I believe is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I don't think it's really even close when you look at his production over these years of his career, even with bad quarterbacks. Most receivers don't do that. He has done that consistently. Let's start first with you, Dave. No, that's that's why I asked that question. No, I don't think they're capable of it. They haven't proven that they're capable of it. Um, you know, that's Bucky. Bucky mentioned quarters. I believe it was quarters that they were running on the first Tyler Lockett play, and the safety in the cornerback just sort of watched him run past them. And now you're, you know, Bucky was. I was like, my head was spinning when he was talking about playing combo coverages, and I'm like, what have we seen that makes us think that they can run that successfully? I don't, like, that's kind of my point is, you shade a safety over to DeAndre Hopkins' side of the field, like, do you really feel like you accomplished all that much based on what we've seen? I don't. Dave, that was so, like, before Steven Parker got in the lineup. (laughs) I mean, like you're. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. Amber, what do you think? I will say. Go ahead, Dave. I, oh. No, go ahead, Dave. I, I will say I slightly disagree with the point Nick made a minute ago, which is that I think I'll, I'll take the Seahawks receiver core as a whole over Arizona's, honestly. I think, you know, Kirk, Kirk and Fitzgerald are good players, but. Yeah. I, I, overall, I think that you know Metcalf, Lockett, and even David Moore bring a little bit more firepower at this stage of their careers. But DeAndre Hopkins, I agree. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL, and I just don't know that the Cowboys can can keep pace with that. And and even if they do, you're dedicating so many resources to it that somebody else is going to take but, advantage. But but I'll I'll challenge you back on that. You would take probably any three receivers if you've got Russell Wilson as the quarterback, right? I mean, as long as you've got a pretty good yeah, receiver there. Sure. I, I think, And that's the thing. I think Russell is making – I don't think Metcalf and Lockett, they weren't drafted super high. I don't think that they would have the success they're having if it wasn't for a guy like Russell Wilson that is – what? Why are you looking at me I, like that? I kind of disagree with that. I think I think you both think those, those two guys would be okay with I the Giants. Definitely, I definitely Daniel Jones. Oh, but Damn. let's put it in context. If they were in Dallas, I think they would be as good as the receivers that are in Dallas. So again, I think Metcalf. I think Metcalf is going to be. I, 
I think he already is very, very good. No, I already think he's very, very good. And I think there's going to be a point when he's among the very best wide receivers in the NFL. But I think he's already very close to that. And it helps. You're right. It helps that he's with Russell Wilson. But I think you put him with a lot of other quarterbacks around this league, he'd be doing the exact same thing. Now, you can't just put him with anybody. But you put him with good quarterbacks, I think he'd be doing the same thing. That's why Hopkins, to me, is the best. Exactly. And if not, it's Michael Thomas. Both of them are right there because they both have proven that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, they're still going to ball out. What are you talking about? Michael Thomas, when when Bridgewater came in the game, yeah. he did just as but good. But we see what Bridgewater's doing in Carolina. He's not, a, he's not just chopped beef. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Brisket. <laughs> Amber, what do you think about these receivers? Choppy. Can the Cowboys stop him? Well, no. <laughs> Simple answer. <laughs> no, I, I think that the Cowboys have faced players, wide receivers that are I believe are much less talented than Hopkins. I do believe Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the entire league. And the first time I watched him play, I was just like, what? <laughs> A receiver can play like this? What is this? So I, it's going to be tough, especially when, when you talk about a defense that has been so uncarted, where the secondary players just don't they just don't flow you know it, it, their game just doesn't flow they they seem confused at times so it's going to be really really hard to find someone that can really match up to him and to I, I just don't see any player that has um shown the skills at least this year to where it would be a good matchup against hopkins and i do think that tristan hill i mean I think that's that you're gonna notice that pretty bad in the defensive line. The Cowboys are have been struggling, especially at the tackle position this whole year, and, and now you get to lose a guy like Tristan Hill, who who was at least trying and, and doing his best. And, and it, it, I do think there's gonna be a drop off there, and that's obviously gonna affect what happens with the secondary and, and how the wide receivers are gonna perform in this game. So it's gonna be tough. Oh my, how times have changed. We go back to last year and what we were all were saying about Tristan Hill, and now we're at a point where we're like, eh, you're going to kind of miss Tristan <laughs> well, Hill. Well, let's it? see about that because yeah. I do think Neville Gallimore, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a young guy, but, I mean, he showed a little bit at the end of that game. I, I, I don't know. I think Tristan Hill is just so raw. Like, he, he's, he reminds me a little bit of Randy Gregory in the sense of, like, when he's good, like, you notice him. But he also is just not there with all the techniques and all the things that, that you want him to be. And so that sometimes he can get pushed around because he's just his technique isn't there. Um, and it's just, it's unfortunate that that, I mean, for a couple of reasons. It's unfortunate that he's out for the year because, you know, he's right there in the middle. He's starting. He also, he's getting better as a player. It's also unfortunate that, I mean, nobody was talking about Tristan Hill's injury getting guarded off the field, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And... One more thing. Dave made a great point yesterday. Look at all the people that sprinted over there to say hi. You know, Dak, support Dak. I mean, you can tell that that doesn't always happen because he was carted off the field, and I don't. I think Dontari Poe went over there, but I don't, you know what I mean? Nobody was running off the bench. And that just, it also is a function of the quarterback versus it, any other right, position, but go ahead. It's the face of the franchise. Right, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk about two players that are seemingly based upon last week going in opposite directions. you got Jalen Smith and you got Don Terry Poe. We'll talk about both of them when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Okay, so my last read was telling you how you could go to AT&T Stadium to tour. This one is how AT&T Stadium can come to your home. Are you craving the stadium's famous cheesesteak, nachos, cowboy Rita? When you're watching the Cowboys at home, you can bring your favorite stadium food to you. Place your online order for pickup or local delivery every week this season. Check out the menu at att.stadium.com slash at home. Oh, making that? me kind of hungry. How about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realize AT&T Stadium, you can, like, you can, like, Uber Eats or whatever. Stadium. Get it delivered. Get it yeah, delivered. that's amazing. Maybe we should do that next, uh, the next road game, Dave, nah. since we're all here. Nick's not with us, but we're all here. We, sh- we should probably have some food delivered over here from the stadium. That would be I'm out. Time you out. think, Let me you ask think you they deliver that far? When you, <laughs> I was going to say. Maybe. When you order... Papa John's or whatever. Do you, do you use the Arlington location or do you use the one <laughs> close to your house? I don't know. We that. probably got some connections where we could get some food delivered. I got from you. The stadium. I, I'm not. I know some people I can make a phone call to. We might be able to get some food from the stadium. I'm just saying. Cowboys cheesesteak might be worth good the stuff. Delivery. If you've never tasted it, trust me, good yeah. stuff. I just want car, some of the mac and cheese. To, yeah. What? Yeah. I just want some of the mac and cheese mm-hmm. from the stadium. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump again. I did want to talk about two particular players on the Cowboys' defense that seem to be going in opposite directions. Uh, Jalen Smith, I, I mean, we all have talked about it over these uh, last few weeks. We didn't think he was playing very well. Last week, I thought he played his best game of the season. It may have been among one of the best games he's had in his career here in Dallas. He had 14 tackles. He had half a sack. He had three tackles for a loss. And he had two quarterback hits. Um, my question for you guys is, um, what did you think of the performance overall? 
And what did you think was different? If you think he was really much better this week than he'd been in past weeks, what do you think was the difference? Let's start first with you, Dave. Uh, I think I said this yesterday. I, I mean, he did play great. He had a great game, but I got to see it against a non-New York Giants team. And I'm not saying it's all because the Giants suck, but I, I've just I've seen him get exploited by three or four good teams, and I saw him play really well against one bad team. So that's kind of where my head's at. And uh, there's no time like the present because somebody's going to have to do something about this very mobile quarterback, and a lot of times that falls on linebackers. So this is going to be, again, another big challenge for him to step up. Amber, what do you think? I, I agree with everything that Dave said, uh, and I said it too. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to get excited about anything that happened in the game against the Giants. I mean, good that we got to see little sparks here and there, and I hope that he's able to carry that into this week and moving forward. But when you talk about the defense overall and trying to stop the running back and all that, I still think that Jalen is still the best guy to take that job and be in charge because who else do you really have on defense that can actually be effective? I was pretty excited to finally be able to get to get to see some of Francis Bernard, but I feel like I, I completely forgot about him too. I don't remember, I can't remember seeing any play where he's uh, stuck out to me. So. Um, it, it's just hard because you don't really have anyone else on that area that can be better than Jalen right now. Real quick, Nick, before you answer that question, can you tell us what are you expecting from Leighton mm-hmm. Vanderesh? Because I know we've talked a lot about Jalen, but is this the week that maybe we see Leighton return to the lineup? And if he does, how much does that affect, uh, how much does that help this team and also help Jalen? Well, uh, you know, they haven't practiced yet. Um, it's Wednesday, they, tomorrow. It will be like their normal Wednesday because they have the extra day. So we're going to find out a little bit more of where he is uh, tomorrow. Um, but uh, but I just think that e- even so, even if he plays, I can't imagine him just going out there and playing every every snap. You know, I was looking at the total snaps on defense, and there's uh, three players that have played every snap, and Jalen Smith is mm-hmm. one of them. Trayvon Diggs is another. I'm missing a third one. I can't remember who it is. It's uh, not one of the defensive ends. It might, it's not. Uh, well, it, it might be Alden. It might be Alden. Might be Alden. Which is amazing if that yeah, is the case. But 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 the point about uh, Leighton, I think he'll come back um, if he does play this week, and I think he can. I don't think he'll play as much. I think they'll rotate a little bit. You're not just going to see Joe Thomas on the bench. I think they'll rotate, as Dave likes to say, three for two spots. That was a different scheme, but I still think it'll probably be similar. So let's flip to the other side of the coin, Don Terry Poe. Uh, this last game, he played 31 of 68 defensive snaps. That's 46% of the defensive snaps. He had zero stats for the day. No tackles, no tackles for a loss, no quarterback hits, none of that. Zero stats. It's probably a liability for this team at this point. Nick, let's start with you. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know about liability. He's not playing well, but I mean... It's not to me a liability is you know then the backup comes in and he would be better. I don't think he, they have a guy that that's better. But yes, the defensive tackles that is where they are, and it's not just him, but they they're getting pushed around. They're getting pushed around. But you there. least expect him to get pushed you around. Do. He is a veteran guy, a big body guy. The last thing I expected when they signed him was that we'd be in week five talking about the fact that he's getting pushed around. Yeah, I but. 
I, again, and, and I know this is like a Mickey Spagnola favorite right here, but you do have to ask, you know, Atlanta, I guess Carolina, you know, t- Kansas City. I mean, they, they did let the guy go, you know, and so maybe maybe we should have we should have thought about that a little bit more of course you know somebody let lebron james go three times but i'm just saying so that happens but i don't know i just think you're right he's that whole defensive line's not playing well and you expected more from him amber well uh what sucks is that every week i i expect guys like him to be able to get better and and it's just not happening i mean we're about to six and still you don't see the kind of progress that you want to see and it's very disappointing I don't I don't really know what exactly the issue is I mean the the defense as a whole has been having plenty of issues and and questions that have not been answered yet so it's tough and then when you talk about okay who who are some guys that are going to replace him I mean do you move on to having someone step up that has less experience because at this time it doesn't seem like his experience is being utilized anyways so it's it's a tough one now that you lost Tristan Hill and to think that maybe replacing him that that's another element that maybe you know you it's gonna take the younger guys to be able to step up it's gonna take a little bit of, of, of time it's not gonna be oh let's plug this guy in and that's gonna fix the issue so that's a that's a hard one there Dave, is he a is uh, is Don Terry Poe a liability for this team at this point? Yes, he is. And actually, to be fair to us, we definitely talked about it on this very podcast. Within a couple of weeks, or maybe a month of Poe and Gerald McCoy signing, it got brought up that the Panthers started both of those guys last year, and their run defense sucked. And it wasn't a case of them not having any linebackers. They had Keekley last year. They have Shaq Thompson. So. It definitely raised your eyebrows all the way back in the spring that, hmm, why wasn't the Panthers' run defense any good? Um, and, you know, it doesn't really bother me that Don Tari Poe doesn't have stats. That's not his job. But his job is to not get blown off the ball and eat up blocks, and he's not really doing that either. Um, it seems like he gets pushed back a lot. I know that he weighs, like, 330 pounds, but, like, he just <laughs> – he does not have the quickness of an NFL athlete when it comes to pursuit. You can see it. Um, yeah, it's it's a liability, and I think it's it's probably a fairly big part of why they have struggled at the run. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't love the options behind him. I would have loved to have given a look to Snacks Harrison before he was gainfully employed somewhere else. He's on the practice squad. That doesn't seem like it's in the card. I, I mean, if they want to, if they want to do it, I'd be all in favor. But I don't get the impression that they think that's a priority right now. Um, I think it probably should be. I yeah. think, uh, you know, yes. To, to, I mean, yes, I do. I do think it's a problem. And uh, you know, you can talk all you want about the three technique spot. Uh, you know, give Neville Gallimore some more snaps. Maybe Tyrone Crawford can come on. But they, they don't have that guy that's eating up space on the line of scrimmage right now and it was supposed to be Poe. You know, you, you are going to see, I, I mean, I think Crawford plays defensive tackle now because the Cowboys after this game are adding another rusher in Randy Gregory. You know, he, he's a, he'll be eligible to play after this game and so that's another guy that, because you, you're starting to see a lot of these defensive ends are sliding inside on mm-hmm. third and long. Yep. You're seeing it from we saw Tank. Tank. We, saw, uh, we also saw Everson Griffin, Griffin do it as well. Yeah. I think Smith maybe a couple, Alden yeah. Smith. So you'll see that even more. So 
definitely I think Crawford plays the you know defensive tackle position once again moving his you know position around yeah I'm, I'm interested to see if over the next couple of weeks if this continues with Poe if the Cowboys do get to a point where they're just like give me another body like, again I'm not, I'm not saying snacks would be better but give it a try or or and I'm saying not saying it necessarily has to be him but at some point I wonder if the Cowboys get to a point where they just start looking for other bodies because I do think he is a big problem oh. for them right now that would be interesting what would be interesting Dave knows where I'm mm. going with this yeah but it would be. Oh, I know. As minute the minute you said it. I mean, it would be interesting because what what happens if the Cowboys cut Dontari Poe? I'm just saying, from a national standpoint, I just wonder if the Cowboys do they does Jerry get face backlash on that? I mean, it would be it would be because he's not playing a good job. He's not playing right. good in the middle. But I'm saying, you know, what the narrative would be as well. And to be honest with you, I'm not even suggesting that they would cut him. What I'm suggesting is. They'd have to get more bodies in here because yeah. right now his big body isn't doing what it's supposed to do. <laughs> so <laughs> my point is, and, and by the way, I don't think you necessarily want to just let him go because you, yeah. you might still need him. Like that's the thing about COVID right now. You want to keep people around, you're not necessarily looking like you're not like the Jets where you're just like, let's get rid of an able-bodied NFL veteran. Um, <laughs> but I do think at some point they may have to look at some other options and say, hey, maybe Poe is better if he does less snaps. You know, right now he's doing almost 50% of the snaps this last game. Maybe he's better at 25%. Give me another body, and especially with Tristan Hill now out, maybe that's what they need to do. Put him at fullback. <laughs> we might have um, – we might have said this earlier in the week, but Justin Hamilton is on the practice squad. He's a, He's been in the NFL for three or four years. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but he's he's got some experience. I wonder if they might training camp. Him. I would give him, put him he in there. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we, put him in there. Let's see what eye. happens. Let's see what happens. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We're going to jump into Cowboys versus Cardinals. We'll hit the Cowboys offense versus the Cardinals defense tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!